You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Today we're talking about health care in Washington, the whole gamut, coverage, cost, quality, and especially why it's back in the news. Welcome to the Washington Health Report. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. My guest today is Dr. Judy Fader, uh, the dean of the Georgetown Public Policy Institute at Georgetown University in Washington, D.C. She's a leader in efforts to understand and improve uh, the nation's health insurance system and a health care policy expert uh, all around. We'll start uh, right off the bat by reminding you that she was a member of Hillary Clinton's uh, health insurance team in the early 90s in uh, the Clinton administration, and she will talk to us about that and many other things. Welcome to the program, Dr. Fader. Thank you, Paul. It's a pleasure to be with you. So Hillary Clinton's health care plan, which I remember some of the, deta- some of the details of, uh, are you really sure you still want to be identified as part of that, or, or, or do you want to go undercover? We were unsuccessful 14 years ago. The problem has only gotten worse, and I am still fighting the fight and believe that we can do a much better job than we do in the current system to assure affordable quality health care. Well, just so that we're not condemned to repeat the history that we've all uh, forgotten, uh, the the accepted wisdom seems to be that that uh, the Hillary Clinton plan was a disaster. It was a bad idea. It collapsed under its own weight and so forth. Is that really what the case is? Was, was it a disaster? Was it the wrong thing? Or have we been subject to revisionist history? Anybody who lived through it knows how controversial it was and knows, of course, that it was uh, phenomenally unsuccessful and that as a result, we have had uh, increasing health care costs that are uh, uh, robbing people's pocketbooks. Physicians are unhappy with the changes in the system that we've had since then, a, a real change in the way doctors are able to practice medicine. The pressure is still on and we need to fix it. Why did the the Clinton plan fail? One of the things we need to recognize, and really the bigger question is why it is so hard for us to get everybody covered in an affordable system. We have in this country about 85% of people have health insurance. 15% don't. And even though that grows by about a million people, the people without health insurance grow by a million people a year, most people, even if they're worried about their coverage, want to hold on to it. And they are very easily scared about change, that it's going to make them worse off, not better off. And that's absolutely possible. I don't think that was true of the Clinton plan, but the stakeholders who were very much concerned about things working well and appropriately uh, were very aggressive and rather than all working together to get to a solution. And that was true for all parties. We were not able to work together effectively. But rather than do that, there were some interest groups that were doing their damnedest to scare people, and it worked. Well, that's a, so that's a couple of different things, actually. Uh, stakeholders uh, with a, a legitimate concern about their own health insurance, their own situation, and then uh, what I guess might be a little bit more partisan analysis to say that certain powerful interest groups uh, killed the thing because it didn't fit their agenda. I, and, I, and I think that that's an ongoing concern in Washington in trying to move this issue forward. It is, it is challenging for committed, well-meaning, informed people, whatever their affiliation, to move forward because you run into those kinds of battles. And I, what I think is so different now from then is that the problem has gotten uh, significantly worse, particularly in that people who have coverage I think have have come to doubt the uh, the employer based system and become concerned uh, about the status quo. And I think the real question in our ability to move forward now uh, is whether we can be scared out of it again, uh, or whether that we've become so uncomfortable, so concerned about the status quo that we're ready for change. It's easy to understand why health 
care reform dropped off the agenda after the Clinton plan. But if if things have gotten steadily worse since then, did we cross some threshold? Why is it suddenly something everybody's talking about, all the candidates and everybody in Washington again? Well, that's a, that's a real good question. I, I think that it, there are a couple of reasons for it. One is that it, that health care is, oh, let's, let's think of it as the poster child of the problems that middle-class folks are facing in this country inter- economically. Uh, the, the expense of health care, the, the critical nature of health care, it gets everybody in the gut. Is and is a I think a clear example and as I said a poster child for middle class families struggling. They're they're paying more out of pocket. They're worried about access. They're worried about their insurance. I think that that's a, a key issue. Then we have the, some momentum that's uh, that's put the issue on the agenda. Uh, both Massachusetts and, and then followed by California in the last year, uh, both of both states with Republican governors have taken major initiatives in terms of health reform, and that's given I think heart to people around the country that we can move forward. And then finally, in a presidential year, you will see that it is always an issue for the reasons that I said. It is a gut issue in terms terms of affordable uh, access to quality care that everybody gets. And I think that's why you see the candidates taken up. Our Massachusetts Republican governor, who you're crediting with this health reform plan, seems to be uh, trying to uh, hide under the desk on that one a little bit now, doesn't he? Well, I find it kind of interesting. You're not hearing much from him. I think it's a good question. Where is he? Uh, This is an issue that uh, should matter whatever party you're in. But I think you're right that he is not looking to take credit for it. Now, this is uh, Mitt Romney we're talking about, of course. Has he said anything about what his uh, what his plan would be? I've not seen uh, any of the Republican candidates come out with uh, specific proposals on coverage. I think that they've been relatively quiet on this issue. Uh, it's an issue where I think that they have a battle to that the Republican candidates have a battle to to prove that they can effectively handle this issue. President Bush came out with a proposal that has a lot of flaws, got resoundingly criticized, uh, and I think that uh, the, the Republican candidates are are not picking it up. It's very different on the Democratic side. For those of you who have just joined us, this is the Washington. Health Report on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. We're talking to Dr. Judy Fader, Dean of the Georgetown Public Policy Institute at Georgetown University in Washington. Well, if the uh, if the Republicans aren't saying too much, what about the Democrats? Uh, can you run us through the list there? And That's right. Well, we know it's a, it's a long list. We've got uh, Senator Edwards was uh, out front on this, pre- presenting a plan for universal coverage. What What is his plan? His proposal is that uh, that uh, that's the first part of it is to recognize that everybody it is a commitment to get everybody covered. He is uh, building on the employer system, but giving people uh, a, a choice between buying coverage, getting coverage from their employers, and um, and having employers provide pay for that coverage. And if they are not paying for the coverage through the workplace, then employers are supposed to contribute to. Uh, I believe he's calling it a health mart, a place where, like the federal employees of the health benefit program. That that uh, people can purchase coverage in a market that doesn't discriminate against them based on their health status. And that would be a choice of private plans or a public plan. He's got that in there, too. So uh, I'm not sure I understand the choice that faces employers. Employers could provide. In, what, how do they decide whether to provide as they do now, right. or they can make a contribution on behalf of their employees to for, toward coverage in this health market. But would that be cheaper for them, or how would they make that decision? It, which uh, way to go? I, there's, he's got a maximum on the amount that they that an employer has to pay, and I would I, I believe I saw six percent of payroll, which is so that if they're paying their provision of health care coverage, it costs them more than that. 
which it, it, it would for many, then they can get it more cheaply in this health market. Now, what about other Democratic candidates? Who else has said something interesting? Except for the commitment to universal, we haven't seen a, a, a lot of specifics from the candidates. They all do talk about universal coverage. They all talk about, including Senator Edwards, talk about uh, getting better value for the dollar out of the system. There's a lot of focus uh, on, uh, on comparative effectiveness research, helping physicians and other providers know, get the research on what works and what doesn't so that they have the guidance to serve their patients Effectively, we are not doing well enough as a nation in that regard. There's a lot of concern about uh, an a focus on prevention, trying to get uh, people their coverage or their uh, treatment and uh, in time, so that diseases don't get worse. Uh, so the, a lot of emphasis on value for the dollar. A lot of emphasis on information technology again to make the system work better for both providers and patients. And that's that's the the nature of the conversation alongside uh, the coverage issue. Those are just to underscore Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, who I guess are the two Democratic frontrunners, have not, other than a call for, for universal coverage, have not provided any specifics so far. That's right. There, there was a forum uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, in Las Vegas and they, in which uh, many of the candidates discussed, the Democratic candidates discussed health care. And I think Edwards is still the only one with a full-fledged plan. Now, that said, I know that uh, Bill Richardson has some specifics on his website on, on the ways in which he would get people covered using different strategies for different populations, again, looking at some of these other issues. I believe that Chris Dodd has come out in that regard, uh, uh, building on the current system, and again, Again, making it all work for everybody. So I, as one of the candidates said, I, I think the, Senator Clinton said at that forum, there, the, the plans, the, the, the issues, that there, the Dems all seem to be focusing on the right stuff. Uh, the distinctions among them are, are who people think can get it done. Well, we will be asking the candidates to uh, talk to us about their plans, and that sounds like the kind of thing you ought to be able to do there, too, at the uh, at Georgetown, to be able to... Uh... And not just on health care, but on, on all their stances, we're, we're hoping to have them here. Since you're at the Georgetown Public Policy Institute, and you have really nothing to do except sit back and think, think big thoughts, I'm sure. So uh, in all those big thoughts, uh, what would you like to see in a proposal? What should a good health care reform proposal contain? Well, I, I think it's really important first to recognize that there isn't just one way to make the system work and get everybody covered. There are many ways. But having said that, there are real differences. There are good ways and ways that just won't get you there. So the criteria that we think of, and I credit my colleague Karen Pollitz for coming up with what I think we call a triple A rating, is a way to look for a health plan that works. The triple A's have to do with adequacy, affordability, and availability of benefits. Adequacy, first and foremost, insurance, we've become to wonder what insurance really is because an insurance plan that doesn't cover anything or has donut holes like the Medicare drug benefit. So you've got to have benefits that actually cover the, the kinds of things that physicians need to prescribe. You've got to have a good scope of benefits, and the cost sharing can't be so high that people can't afford it. The second A, a comprehensive policy through health insurance policy through employment today costs over $11,000. So you can't expect low and modest income people without employer contributions to buy this on their own. You need subsidies. You've got to have them, and uh, otherwise people are just not going to get coverage. It's not going to be reasonable. And the third thing that you want to look at is availability, and that would be availability without regard to health status. The market for insurance outside of employment is notorious for selecting among people or cherry-picking 
based on health status, sometimes age and other characteristics. So you've got to have a place to buy. Uh, you can think about it being a health mart or like the Federal Employees Health Benefit Plan. It could be the Medicare program, but a place to buy, or it could be the private insurance market uh, with new rules. And in Massachusetts, they've called that approach the connector, a place to choose a plan that's going to offer coverage to everybody on a fair basis regardless of their health status. So you've got to have that, those three A's to get a AAA rating. So just to summarize what we're talking about here, we have a fairly detailed plan from Senator Edwards on the Democratic side, calls for universal coverage on the Democratic side, not too much yet on the Republican side. That's a good summary. That's about where it is. Uh, We've been talking with Dr. Judy Fader, Dean of the Georgetown Public Policy Institute at Georgetown University in Washington, D.C., and an expert, as you've heard, on health reform. Thanks for being with us, Dr. Fader. It's been a pleasure. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. You have been listening to the Washington Health Report on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Comments, questions, send us an email at xm at reachmd.com. And thanks for listening.